guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Yes, can we give the King of Kings and Lord of Lords the better, greatest praise that we can? Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. How many of you have loved this sermon series we've been in? Wow. So good. We have looked at how God used Gideon for two weeks. We looked at how God used Rahab in big weeks. But my guess is there are still some of you here today that are feeling unqualified. Look at that honesty. Feeling still unqualified. Good. You're probably like, what? Yeah, I said it. Good. I'm glad that you're still feeling unqualified. I want to preach a message today called Crazy Confidence. We're going to be looking at the scripture where John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And yes, I was supposed to do that last week <laughs> on Baptism Sunday. How appropriate, right? Uh, but God had different plans. And I don't believe that God's delay is God's denial. I still, I, I even said to the Lord this week, I said, okay, God, you already changed my message once. Do you want to change it now that it's not Baptism Sunday? And he said, no. Yes, sir. Let's go. Matthew chapter three. Verse 13, we're going to begin there. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Jesus baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said it should be done. Everybody say should. It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. You guys, I want you to know today that you can be unqualified, but still chosen. You can be unqualified, but still chosen. Everything that you do, no matter what other people think or say, is not based on what they think or say. It's based on what God says about you. Even John was like, whoa, Jesus, I should not be baptizing you. I should allow you to baptize me. But isn't that the way that we get sometimes? We feel so unworthy and so unqualified that we don't even do the little whispers that God is whispering in our ears. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. You don't want to use me. But yes, he does. I don't care what you did last night. He doesn't care what you did last night. He cares what you do from this point forward. I want to read you a little story. There was a little Baptist girl who was raised in Freedom, Indiana, 
who knew at a very young age that God wanted to use her and her big personality to make a big difference in the kingdom. And there would be little ideas that she would act on and see if it was just something that she wanted to do or if it was something the Lord was asking her to do. She taught the nursery class. She became a youth leader and she would even sing specials in church. But life happened to this little girl. And there were many wounds that happened to her heart. And what ended up happening with every layer of another wound, she would make more bad choices. And she ended up in a codependency cycle filled with abuse. Not a cycle, but multiple cycles. Until she spiraled so far away from God that she had forgotten that he even wanted to use her. Can anybody relate to this little girl's story? Yeah, but one day, after yet another extremely painful heartbreak, out of her desperation, she cried out to God. She said, enough is enough. It's time to move forward. And what happened is the more time she spent in his presence, the more she began to hear his voice. So, y'all, if you aren't hearing from the Lord, it's because you're not spending enough time with him. And I want to back up and fix something that I just said. Sometimes the Lord does put us in a wilderness season. The Lord puts us in a wilderness season. But too many times, we're the ones that put ourselves in the wilderness season. And then we're like, God, I can't hear you. Well, you ain't spending any time with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in relationship and community and dialogue with people that are also wanting that with me. Hey, that works in friendship too. Um, but one day God reminded her that he still wanted to use her to preach the gospel. That girl was me. And I wanted to read the story because I didn't want you to guess that it was me ahead of time. But that was me. That was me like 13 years ago saying, God, I am too bad. I am too unworthy. I have messed up way too many times. You don't want to use me. I felt so unqualified. Y'all, I had three failed abusive marriages that ended in divorce. I didn't have a Bible degree. I didn't go to Bible college. Surprise. Um, and I'm a girl, a Baptist girl. And I don't know if you know, but we're not supposed to preach. You see, all those reasons that other people use against you to call you unqualified are not the reasons that God calls you. Listen, those are the reasons he says, come on, you're not qualified, but you're chosen. You may not be ready, but I'm ready for you. As long as you will suit up and show up, I'm going to use you for my glory. Let's look at how John the Baptist um, 
all the reasons that others thought he was unqualified. First of all, John was wild. He was crazy. He was wild. Listen, in John 1.6, it says his clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. And he wore a leather belt around his waist. And for food, he ate locusts and wild honey. Let me set the scene. Here is this big, burly man coming out of the woods. Hair probably hadn't been washed, let alone brushed. Kind of looked like me last week while I had the flu. <laughs> he had been eating bugs and honey to, to survive. And his clothes were made of fur and leather, probably from the animal he killed a, a couple months ago. I mean, wild, right? How many of you, the picture that you're envisioning about John is the way that mine is? I'm looking at like we're nine weeks deep on Survivor and they've not showered and they haven't eaten. They're hangry. They're a mess. They're dirty. Their hair's everywhere. Or maybe you relate more to the show alone. You pictured somebody from maybe... I can't believe I'm saying it in church, but maybe even from naked and afraid. <laughs> wild, wild, right? And here he is emerging from the wilderness looking like that and preaching, repent. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 3, 2 says, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Can you imagine that being the only message that you show up on a Sunday morning and hear, repent? Dude, I did last week. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> but can you imagine that that is what we preach? But, you know, his purpose was very clear. He knew that he wasn't going to be the best preacher, so why try? I'm getting ready to baptize the best preacher that are, that's ever going to walk the face of the earth. He was preparing the way for someone with a bigger message to get people ready. He was the forerunner to Jesus. So, whether you want to think this or not, the message of repent is not too little. It's not too much. It's just right. John then went on to boldly call out the ones who were only about the rules and the religion. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Those people that look down their nose and think that they're holier than you and that they've got it all together and you better ship shape up. That's the one he began to call out. And in Matthew 3, I'm going to read it all. And I'm going to kind of go slow and hang on some of these words so that they can pierce our heart. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. John denounced the religious folk. So all of us that think that we've got it together in here, that we're living, we're saved, we're going to heaven, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, he, we're the ones he's calling out. And he said, you brood of snakes, who warned you to flee from the, the coming wrath? 
proved by the way that you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are the descendants of Abraham. That means nothing for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown in the fire. Ouch. When he came with a message, it was a bold, confrontational message. It was wild. People probably thought this dude is crazy. He looks crazy. He's talking crazy. He didn't have a Bible college degree, but he was chosen by the Spirit of God to release what God had put in him. We're going to read a few more verses because I don't want anybody to get it twisted. The Bible is where you find every bit of your truth. Every bit of your truth. Let's not listen to what the world's saying because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We need to start saying, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Let me dig into the lifeline, the Bible. So in John 1, I'm going to be reading a few verses. Um, but I feel that it's important to hear what is God breathe. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? Here we go. We're already seeing it. They're already saying this dude is crazy. He's not qualified, but they sent him to, to ask him who, who he was. He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. I am well, then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Well, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? How many of you can relate to somebody that said, hey, who do you think you are? You really think you are saved? Come on. That's happening. It happens. Then who are you? We need an answer. John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told him, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine. I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. You see, John knew he wasn't qualified, but he knew he was chosen and he knew his purpose and he was not going to allow anybody else to talk him out of it. He said, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the Messiah, but you better believe I know who I am and I'm going to do what God called me to do. They were basically trying to get John to doubt himself and ultimately doubt God. They 
did not want John to believe that he was called and chosen by the Lord. And there are people in your life that don't want you to believe that you are called and chosen by God. Get rid of all those lies and do what God's called you to do. I've got news for you. There's going to be people in your life that continue to do, do that. But can I tell you, John the Baptist, Pastor Mindy, and you, we're unqualified. We're unqualified. Let's own it and let's change our perspective about that today. Being unqualified used to make me think that it's negative and not a good thing, but not anymore, baby. Sign me up for unqualified because what happens is when I'm unqualified, it's all about God. I put it all on him. Pressure is off me and on him. I don't have to do it. Because if I start doing things in my own power, in my own desire, in my own giftings, I don't need God. And people look at me like, You're, you got it together. I don't. I'm just like you. We all are unqualified. It allowed me to get to the point I don't care that I'm not good enough. I don't care to have to perform. I don't have to do that. I just surrender and God speaks and we go from there. Like Sherry taught on Rahab, she was unqualified. I mean, the hooker is in the lineage of Jesus. Do you not think she was being judged? Yeah, she was. All it means it, we, is we've got to quit trying to do what everybody else thinks and says we should be doing. Okay? It also means we need to be more dependent, more surrendered, and obedient to God. Listen, I'm real good about hearing his voice. I'm not so good about obeying his voice. Can I get a witness? Like, we know, we know the voice of the Lord, but then we're like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. But that's what God wants. That's, it's in our obedience that he says, sis, I can trust you. Here's some more. It's in our obedience that he is like, bro, wow, I'm going to use you to turn Louisville upside down. I'm telling you, the minute that we own unqualified and say, hey, it's just God going to do it in me, then that's when he can use us greater. You know, um, John the Baptist could have shrunk back. He could have not spoken the message that God gave him. And he could have been intimidated by the Pharisees that he knew was going to be judging him. Listening to every word going, yep, that ain't right. That's not in the Bible. You know, I mean, that's the way that it was. But you know what? Here's the cool thing about John. He said, I'm just going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And whatever he says, whatever he tells me to do, I'm just going to do that. Because I'm, I'm chosen to speak and preach. We need to get to the point where we add his super to our natural. Y'all, we can't rely on our own power. We will not be effective. We will not be effective. I want to tell a story. 
and it's not about me this time, but it's about Michael Lutz. Will you just stand up and you can sit, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. That's Michael Lutz. Let me tell you, if you weren't here at pre-service prayer, he preached and he prayed. Um, but prior to having an encounter with the Holy Spirit, he was a professional poker player, living that whole lifestyle, was anti-Jesus and made fun and mocked Christians. Him. Now, all of the, I mean, if he stepped foot in a church, people would be like, what? Who do you think you are? But thank God he came to big church. <laughs> but can I tell you, now he loves Jesus. He loves being a Christian. He doesn't care if uh, other people make fun of him now. He's on the prayer team. He preaches. He's unqualified, but he doesn't care. You guys doesn't matter what the past is. It doesn't matter what people think. If God has chosen you and you will walk with him and work with them, I promise you he will empower you to help you do everything that you hear from him. We need to walk with full confidence, crazy confidence, just like John the Baptist did. If God sent me, he'll equip me. I'm here to tell somebody today that you know, they know, that you know you're in overhead. I'm here to tell somebody who you know, they know, that you even know you're in over your head. It's where God loves us. So I want you to repeat after me. I am unqualified. Say it louder. I am unqualified. I am unqualified. And how many of you guys are happy about it? It's okay that you have no idea what you're doing. That makes you dependent on the Father. God will give you competence and confidence to do what he has put on your heart like he's done for these four men in the Bible. Noah. Noah built a boat when it had never rained. Noah was not a carpenter. And people asked him, why are you building a boat? And he said, God said, equals success. How about Moses? He led the people out of slavery by going against the leader. I'm sure he questioned God when he was surrounded by the mountains and the army coming behind him and the Red Sea in front of him. I'm sure he was like, what, God, what are you doing? But God opened it up and he said, go. And Moses went, success. Peter Oh, Peter, he was a hothead, big mouth, always saying and doing things that caused him to look unqualified. But God said to Peter, come here, Peter, you are the rock I'm going to build my church on. And everybody around was like, 
Really? Peter? The hothead, big mouth Peter? Yes. And God went on to say that the gates of hell will not be able to conquer it through Peter. What about Paul? Here's the difference about Paul from everybody else. He was studied. He had the Bible college degree if they had them back then. But he had been studied. And, um, but the way he was living didn't prove that he had a relationship with the Lord, right? He was mocking Christians. He was killing Christians. And he was still chosen even though his past disqualified him. Y'all know that he was the second best preacher? God didn't care. God didn't care that he was unqualified. If there's one thing that the enemy does to all of us is he gets in our head and gets us to doubt everything that God is speaking over us and challenging us. So I want us to own being unqualified today. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. I'm unqualified. I'm weak. God is glad when we're there. If I don't get anything else across today, that's what I want to get across. It's okay that you're not where someone else is or where you even think that God wants you. Start today being obedient, being pressed in, being surrendered, and watch what God does in your life. You guys, I believe the glory of God is best shown when we know we're unqualified and when we just show up and keep going through the motions and doing what he said. I don't want the glory for it. I don't want the pride. I don't want people to go, can you, like people go, oh my gosh, this church has changed my life. Wrong. Wrong. This church can't do anything like that. We can provide the environment. We can get the, the we, we can call on the spirit. We can get the worship. We can preach. But at the end of the day, it's only almighty God that changes your life. By the grace of God, we're five years old. By the grace of God, we're still going after our mission to love Louisville to life. By the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, Instead, God chose the thing the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. People will judge you. People will doubt you. People will talk behind your back. People will make fun of you. People will walk out of your life. And there are even people that are waiting for you to fail. But I have news for you today. I have news for them today. You cannot and will not fail as long as Christ is your center and you're being obedient to him. You cannot fail. You will not fail. Can anybody get excited about that? Change my perspective. I no longer have to 
try to get somebody to think I'm qualified. God chose me. That's all that matters. You don't like the way I preach? Come on a Sunday, I don't preach. Don't watch the YouTube. I mean, honestly, we've got to get out of ourselves and on mission to what God has for us. I want you to know you are qualified. You are chosen and you have a purpose. So don't you dare let someone else's bleh talk you out of what God has called you to. Just ask Sherry Kihas, girl preacher. Girls aren't supposed to preach. We're going to preach. What about Abigail Coyle? I remember meeting this girl when she was in high school in Mount Washington. And um, she was just battling addiction, like battling, like so many people there. But can I tell you? The Lord stepped into her life. He had an encounter with her. And not only is she free, but she is now leading a home for other women to get free. That's what happens when you're unqualified. What about Andy? I'm not going to botch your last name. Van something. Andy. Van Steenberg? Oh, yes, I got it who was coming to church but still dealing with junk. He is one year sober. It's a year and change now. Um, what about Miss Renita, who's getting married in two weeks? Listen, I'm sure the world had beat her up that she was now unqualified, is never going to get married again, and blah, blah, blah. And then it happened. When, when you just listen to the Holy Spirit, God does exactly what he has for your life. What about Teresa Miller? Teresa got prophesied over that she had the gift of healing in her hands. How many of you guys have taken a spiritual gifts test and you go, ooh, that's not me. I, I can't believe I, I checked that. Or somebody has spoken a word over you and you go, no, 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 not me. Well, that's where she was. It wasn't that she didn't believe it was real because she's seen it. She knew it's real. But what happened is she didn't believe that she could do it. And what if I do it? I, I, I believe and I I lay hands and they don't recover. Listen, when you're surrendered to the Lord, it all pressures off you, baby. It's all on him. If he's given you a gift, he's going to use it in you. It's time we start owning the fact that we're unqualified but chosen. It's time we start having crazy confidence. How many of you guys need a little bit of crazy confidence? I'm on, we're going to shake it up here in a minute, and we're going to get some crazy confidence in here. If God's called you, he's going to equip you. And it's time to get wild like John the Baptist. Do I have any John the Baptist in here? A little crazy. Uh, you know, John the Baptist said, you know what, Jesus I may not be worthy to baptize you, but by the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bam. What will happen?
happen if we get a crazy confidence like that that says, you know what? I may just be a little, little whatever. No, but when God steps into you and you start operating in the anointing and what the Holy Spirit is doing through you, you can do everything that God said. I had someone ask me like, like, so miracles really weren't just for back in the Bible times? No. Miracles happen all the time. But do you know what the Bible says? Miracles aren't for you and me that believe. Miracles are for the unbeliever. Oh, let's get this person healed. And everybody that doesn't believe God, what? I, that's, that's my God. That's us not being pharisaical, but that is letting the Holy Spirit work and move through us. You know, last week we baptized a lot of people, and I'm sure that the enemy reminded them all week that they were not qualified. As a matter of fact, on Tuesday night, I was laying in bed um, feeling like doo-doo, and I got a text from somebody that said, I don't think I'm going to get baptized because the enemy was working overtime trying to get him to doubt that what God said he was going to do. And sure enough, I woke up, to, I kind of texted him back and I woke up the next morning and said, I'm getting baptized. I was like, yes, take that devil. Uh, but I'm sure that there are some of you still feeling unqualified because, um, you, you said so at the beginning, but also because I know how the enemy works. But once we own that unqualified and we know that all we have to do is be dependent on God, I want to leave you with a reminder from John the Baptist. Number one, repent. I know that was his simple message, but it does need to be a message we own every day. Repent simply means I'm going to change my mind about that situation, whatever it is that you keep getting caught up in, and then I'm going to change my action. And for those of you that are like, I don't know if I can do it, you can with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's just being obedient one step at a time. And when you fall, you get back up. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm choosing to repent. I'm going to think differently about that thing that tripped me up, and I'm going to change. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to trip on it the next time. So, one, repent. Two, be water baptized. Many of you guys got water baptized last week. But in Mark 1, it says that baptism shows that you have repented. It's your public declaration. And lastly, point three, Matthew 3, 8 says, prove by the way that you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. You guys, it's, it's so, so simple. This gospel is so, so simple. But it's not easy because you've got to walk it out. You've got to get up every day and say, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to die so that you can live through me, Jesus. 
Baptism is only the first step. The next step is you gotta be discipled. That means you gotta be a student of the word. I was sitting there talking to my friend. She came last week to hear me preach and then they're out of town this week. But I remember she was like, how do you know the word like you do? You don't pull up a Bible. You just start blah, blah, blah. And it's because the Bible tells us to hide the word in our heart so that we will not sin against God. So I've got it in me so it can come through me. And so if for no other reason you read the Bible, read it so that it gets in you. And then God will put you in the presence of somebody where you're talking and it just is the word, blah, 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 coming out of you. And the word doesn't return void. Our words are weak. Our words will not set someone free. But the word, the word of God, the Bible changes everything. It changes everything. You know, the Bible says that today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And I do believe there are people in here today that want to surrender their life to the Lord so that God can use you fully. So would you all stand? We already have admitted, we've raised our right hand and we've said, I am unqualified. So right now, all we have to do is take all the pressure off of ourselves. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be obedient. And we throw it all off on God. Today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, and you've never surrendered that part of your heart, that part of your life, I want you to lift your hand across the, across the room. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to have you repeat this prayer. If everybody would repeat it with them, just for the comfortability of everybody, say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm unqualified. And I decided I like it that way. Please forgive me for any way that I've hurt your heart. I'm tuning my ears to your voice today. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict me. And I'm going to be obedient. I love you, Jesus. Have your way in my life. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.